and sometimes they win. Even the devil was an angel once. The world has its own rules, and these rules are not human. Some of us seek answers to the origin and existence of cryptids and the unexplained. Join us as we venture beyond the known and accepted boundaries. Welcome to our nightmare. I think you're going to like it. folks good evening welcome to another episode of fans of monsters radio where we explore the strange and the unexplained i'm your host lon strickler thanks for joining me so uh if you enjoy our content then please subscribe like and share our presentations and, and please leave a comment as well uh, super chat is active during the show so please show your support for fans of monsters radio by clicking the dollar icon underneath the chat uh, you can also support the channel by using the uh, Buy Me a Coffee link or banner in the description below or on the banner of the uh, the website. So um, your consideration is very much needed and appreciated. So tonight we've got quite an interesting roundtable. Uh, Ryan Paul Trembley says that I've been an, a hardcore cryptozoologist enthusiast and researcher for well over 20 years. Like many, my fascination with monsters and the things that go bump in the night began very early on. Growing up in New England was the perfect breeding ground for such a fascination. With plenty of wilderness around and our cryptid to boot, I soon began to hear not only a Bigfoot, but now, then the, uh, the Dover Demon. As the years went by, I found more media accessibility to my young mind. Books were plentiful and shows began to merge the early 90s to showcase encrypted encounters. In southern Arizona, I had my own personal encounter with the dogman. This simply fueled my obsession for cryptozoology. Before I knew it, I was traversing down numerous rabbit holes, Jersey Devil, upright canines, various forms of Sasquatch, extraterrestrials, and finally the Wendigo. Through countless hours of hard work, plenty of literature, and even the reluctant volunteering of information through connections to indigenous people, I found a supernatural creature that captured my curiosity, my determination and fascination alike. I'm host of Whisper to a Scream podcast and co-host of Monster Radio. Shane Michael Chris says, I'm 31 years old from Bakersville, Bakersfield, California, married to my best friend of eight years and have a 10-year-old stepson. Always believed in Sasquatch and UFOs, but never spoke out loud in fear of ridicule since these topics are so tinfoil stuff. Only spoke about it with people who would bring up the topic, which was rare. Now, last August, a co-worker told me about Dogman, which I didn't believe in, just laughed at the, at the name. He had me listen to a few episodes of Dogman Encounters, which he got me intrigued that people are seeing these pipedal canines every day. So I started diving into the phenomena a little more and became hooked. Became a, a field, uh, an active field researcher at the at the beginning of January this year and join the NADP. Along the way, I've, I've come across many other cryptids and started to fascinate me. So when I'm not at work shooting x-rays, <laughs> watching football and hanging with the family, I'm either in the woods chasing seven-foot dog men or on the internet reading and watching anything cryptid-related, trying to gain as much knowledge as possible. 
I host and moderate the, the West Coast Skinwalker Project and West Coast Dogman Project. And William Nighthawk is a Wakasa Wakan ordained minister for Native American Indian and Metis people, a veteran and 32-degree Scottish Rite Freemason with over 35 years of paranormal and cryptic creatures research and investigation. I was raised in, in, in by a dark black witch parent and has lives in both worlds with surviving nearly two uh, two near-death experiences. William Nighthawk is the founder and owner of a Nighthawk High Strangest podcast channel. So, gentlemen, thank you for joining me this evening. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having, Thanks for having, us, for having us. Appreciate it. True honor. So I guess the uh, I guess the overall question, the one everybody's thinking about, what the hell is a skinwalker? You know, we we've, <laughs> we've all heard everybody who thinks they've seen a skinwalker, uh, but what is this thing? And you know, let me start off with William. What is a skinwalker? Let me put it in this uh, in this. Uh phrase it's uh, something that walks in both worlds um it's something that is created from dark magic um by a, a dark medicine man or a medicine woman and that's about all i'm gonna say about where it comes from um i have personally done the ceremonies i've seen the results of the ceremonies um with my own parent being a, a dark medicine woman so <laughs> i don't even know where to begin um there's certain spirits certain animal spirits out there um like uh with our people it's called ictomi the spider or, or uh shukmani to uh the the coyote you know um the the pajuta sapa the, the black medicine uh people that would come and uh and do the ceremonies we wear the skins of certain animals and the skins of those animals during certain parts of the ceremonies they would obtain that animal's spirit and they would have the power to transform and walk in both worlds in the spirit world and in the physical world so i don't know if ryan wants to and further embellish on that um but uh i think I think that's a pretty good start. So, okay, Ryan, go that? ahead. <laughs> wow, no pressure there, William. You really did a great job with that. But I, mean, <laughs> if you want to take a yeah. really good look at what the skinwalkers are, I can tell you what the skinwalkers are not. Okay, everybody that runs into something they can't identify in the woods these days says it's a skinwalker, and really, that's that's not the case. You know, these things, these yi narulushi, they're something that are very, very feared, as you can tell from William's answer. They're terrifying. You know, they're something that people don't want to run into, and they're not as common as everybody thinks. They are shaman that undergo these initiations. They practice these ceremonies and this magic that's forbidden by their people. You know, and it's something that you just, you don't want to run into these things. They're, they're deadly. They will mess your life up on so many levels. So. Shane, you got anything to add to that? Well, I, I, everything I've learned from is from William and Ryan. Ryan talked about it on one of his podcasts about a few months ago, and it got me really interested in, you know, the skinwalker topic. I know I, I always thought skinwalkers were more cryptid, 
But talking to Ryan in the last few weeks, it's more, they're more paranormal. It's just things you don't talk about. And that's the thing with them. And their own, like Ryan said, their own people don't talk about it. And it's almost forbidden. And it brings bad, I guess you could say juju to you if you do talk about it. Almost like the indigo. You know, you just don't talk about it. But my whole thing was I created West Coast Sasquatch Project, or not Sasquatch, but Skinwalker Project, sorry. And, uh, so many of them, but I created it to spread awareness of these things because they, like Ryan said, people are calling everything a skinwalker. You see a bipedal canine. It could be a dogman or it could be a gugway, but it, mm-hmm. it just gets mislabeled as a skinwalker. And skinwalkers are just evil shaman that are just something you don't want to mess with. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this seems to be, you know, Ryan and I talked a bit about this before the show. Um, when it comes to to bizarre phenomena people just don't understand the first thing either comes out of their mouth or in the description or oh, it's a skinwalker or a wendigo because that's the hot topic now uh right you know for whatever reason so uh and you know i try to explain to people i think that's because I, I, go ahead lawn i think i can embellish upon that a little bit i think i think it's something that people are just fascinated about mm-hmm. uh, because it does encompass something that they, they really can't grasp or understand because it's not from where they came from. Okay. If you were brought yeah. up like uh, most native people, you were, you were taught to from birth to respect it, to respect all magic, all, all medicine. Okay. Yeah. Whether it's rock medicine, tree medicine, sky medicine, water medicine, animals, you name it. Right. Including people. Okay. And when I mean people, I mean all people. Mm-hmm. I'm talking the, the star children. I'm talking the cryptids, you know, because personally, my people don't look at like, you know, Sasquatch or Bigfoot, what you what you all call them. You know, my people, we call them, you know, Big Brother, you know, and if we had any words for him, it would be more of like a guardian spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, one that watches over the environment and the animals and all that. This, and and the same can be said about any other of the cryptids too out there. Okay, it, it's it, it's almost to uh, gotten to the point um, recently where people have gotten so emerged into it that some people are jumping in with both feet, not even checking how deep the water is. And when they get in, they find out they don't want to be a part of it. You know, yep. because of their fear. Well, you know, I, I don't know how Ryan and, and, and Shane feel or you feel on about this, but I think before anybody gets into that type of field, cryptozoology or anything like that, or even ghost hunting, I think you better test the waters first and do your research yep. before you go full force into it. Absolutely. Because you got too many people coming into it. You got too many people coming into it that A, are so skeptical that they almost ridicule the subject. Mm-hmm. Okay. And believe me, Native Americans, we we've been uh we've had everything done to us. You know, there's nothing any other any other, you know, race or or, or or people in the world that can say that they've had more done than them than than the native people of this country have, you know, yep. any indigenous culture across the world um has been 
stereotyped, has been ridiculed, has been beaten, tortured, raped, killed, you know, all that. And I'm not saying that to bring up the bad part of the past. I'm saying in order to know what's going on today, you have to go back and look at our traditions and our warnings of my people and all the, the indigenous cultures around the world tried to warn other people that came from other lands to their lands of certain right. things, certain things that went on with the spirits, with the animals, with, you know, with, with nature in general, you know? And I think Absolutely. a lot of people just, they, they get in, they, they get into it and jump into it wholeheartedly and then they get scared. And I think, you mm -hmm. know, when they get scared and get out of it, that's when the ridicule starts. Oh, there's no such thing as a, you know, as a walker, you know, um, there's no such thing as, you know, uh, Pajuta Sapa, black medicine, you know, there's no such thing as witchcraft. Well, you know what? <laughs> I hate it to you. There is, there is a, mm -hmm. there is a dark side to this world and a light side to this world. And I've grown up in both areas of it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, you know, I, I think, and I, and I do believe those of us who have experienced some of that are fortunate because we understand what's really going on. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I, I know I have just, just because of my upbringing and, and people in my family who have been involved with certain things, not deeply, but, you know, the tradition, the lore that I have talked to, to family members and friends about over the years. Um, and, of course, when I got involved with J.C. Johnson and, and other people who understood a lot of and, and a lot of a lot of the elders in the Dene Navajo reservation and, and tribe, uh, it opened up my eyes on a lot of stuff. So... Um, you know, and I like I told all you guys, I mean, I'm not really in I haven't really researched the whole skinwalker uh Wendigo phenomena a lot, but I have you know I have posted a lot about it, I have talked to people about it. And uh that's why I, I like the idea of you guys coming on here and kind of setting the record straight. Mm -hmm. Um as far as um now as far as the skinwalker and even the wendigo, and of course these these have indigenous backgrounds to them. Uh, is it always witchcraft involved or is it it's something other than witchcraft? Mm. Depends on which one you're talking about. Okay, well, go ahead. Okay, well, with the Yinarushi, yeah, absolutely witchcraft. The witchery way is always, always a part of what they are. The Wendigo or the Wetigo, no, it's, it's a belief. It's a spiritual belief that, you know, if they break certain cultural taboos such as cannibalism. That's the most popular, most well-known. Mm -hmm. But if an individual or group of people act with greed and gluttony or they act very violent, that also brings upon them the curse of the Wendigo. I always like to tell people that there's two versions of the Wendigo. There's the Wendigo, which is the the spirit that, you know, the all-encompassing spirit that's always around. Then there's a Wendigo, the person that gets inflicted with that curse from that spirit. So... With the Wendigo, it's not always witchcraft, whereas the Yinarushi, that's exactly exclusive where we they come from. So if it weren't for witchcraft or the witchery way, yeah, they are. William, yep. you want to add? I agree 150% with that, Ryan. I, I agree 100% with that. Um, also, though, um, 
one thing out of respect for the, the Wendigo, um, also um, what I was taught from, from early childhood was we may, we all, instead of, you know, in, like you said, with gluttony, um, mm -hmm. that will bring on the Wendigo. Um, that's a biggie with native people. Um, when I was raised by father and my mother, um, I was taught to make what we call a spirit plate. Okay. And on that spirit plate, before we partake of any meal, we would put each of every item that we were eating on that plate. And we would take that plate outside to the far corner of the property, set the plate down, lay a tobacco offering down, and, and basically share that meal with the spirits out of respect. And that was a way that we didn't show gluttony and a way mm. to respect the spirits spirits like the Wendigo. So that's something that we're taught when we rule. So that's actually a, a very beautiful tradition to a beautiful custom. Absolutely. What do you think, Shane? Yeah. No, to be honest with you, I, I the Wendigo, I just found out when we talked last week that I always thought the Wendigo had the antlers and mm -hmm. you depicted that and said, you know, or debunked it and said, no, that's just folklore. <laughs> or that's just people's drawings. The Wendigo mm -hmm. doesn't really look like that. They look more humanoid than anything. So that yeah. really just reset me on the whole Wendigo. I'm thinking seeing something in the woods that has antlers. And yeah, obviously the skinwalkers, you know, wear the animal skins and transform into that being what they're wearing. And mm -hmm. I, that's, I know they take the shape of the wolf and the coyote the most I've noticed, but I've also heard of reports where they've seen them as owls and, you know, other creatures, but it seems like the wolf and the coyote are the most depicted one or, you know, one that they see. Mm -hmm. So there's a reason for that too. It's because in their religious beliefs, it's forbidden to wear the pelt of a predatory animal like that. It's showing that oh. animal a great deal of disrespect. You're not paying homage to its spirit. So, really? Okay. Yeah. See, I, like I say, I'm learning something new every time I talk with you, Ryan and William. I I'm learning is just as much. I read on the topic every single day. When anything that comes across the internet, hey, I'm reading it. So that's what you need to do, Shane. That's exactly what you need to yeah, do. Yeah, I'm just trying to. I'm a sponge right now. I guess you could say my first year of research. I'm soaking <laughs> up all the cryptids, but I mean, yeah, mainly my main focus is dogmen. But mm -hmm. I still, you know, when it's paranormal with UFOs, UAPs, Sasquatch, Skinwalkers anything gugway especially right now too so oh, gugway are picking up speed man yes that's why i created too many pages to handle but i you know <laughs> to pay respect and spread awareness of them because bigfoot and dogman take over all the cryptid stuff i'm like hey what about skinwalkers what about the gugway well, these yeah. things need to be talked about that's why i created the pages i did i mean they're nothing right now but maybe five years from now that you know this name skinwalker it's already being circulated with skinwalker ranch people are mm -hmm. thinking they're going to go out there and see but really they don't know that the land was cursed by the utes so right. that's what intrigues me is more the native aspect i don't care to see a wolf come out of a portal how cool would that be but i want to know more about the history on the land and right. why well, see, it's called skinwalker ranch that's another misconception right there shane a lot of people think that every time you hear a native american curse that it's done by a, a yinarushi that's not the case. That's not really ever the case. I mean, unless you hear exclusively that, you know, the Native American that cursed this land was said to be a skinwalker. It's not a skinwalker curse. So just because there's a curse there, there's not going to be a skinwalker on that property. Exactly. That's what they say with LBL, that the LBL has a, a shaman's curse on 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mm-hmm. Was he from the Navajo tribes or no? Because if he wasn't Navajo, it's not Yinarushi. Exactly. It's pertained to one tribe. Mm-hmm. And you've taught me that. I know just reading in and listening to your podcasts. And like I right. say, my knowledge for Skinwalkers has grown from zero to 25 in just, I'd say, the last month and a half. And well, I'm trying, like I say, I'm a sponge trying to soak it all up. But when it's not Dogman, it's Skinwalkers right now in Gogway for me. Those mm. are my top interests other than Dogman. You want to learn. Learn from that guy right there. Oh, I'm learning from both of you. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like I say, it's, it's an honor just to be on Lon's podcast. But just, you know, getting a, you know, William had us on about a month ago and mm. that was truly awesome. And I got to talk to you last week and just hearing your guys' stuff. It just, I think it helps expand my, you know, knowledge on it that, you know, one day someone that wants to get into the field of cryptozoology or paranormal, I can pass that knowledge on to them from what I learned from, you know, guys like you guys. So that's what I like to hear. Yeah. So let's, um, I, and I'm getting a lot of questions about shape shifting. Um, mm-hmm. Now, of course, with with the the skinwalker, it, it is a, a form of shape shifting, uh, maybe spirit enhancement or something manifesting. But, but are they actually shape shifters? And I'm talking about skinwalker and Wendigo. Um, skinwalkers are. I mean, if you want to talk about transformation, the Wendigo transforms the victim. It, it takes them from human to a more primal state. Whereas the Yinarushi, it's done through the means of magic. So whatever pelt they're wearing, that's the form they're going to assume. So it's a very magical kind of Mm shape-shifting. I like to think that magic is a science that we don't understand, that we did at one time. But we've walked away from it. So we pretend that magic doesn't exist anymore, but it does. We just don't comprehend it anymore. Now, you know, of course, nowadays we're hearing all about skinwalker ranch and um because all the you know the tv show for the most part and other things but what is the real story behind skinwalker ranch the the real meat and potatoes behind the curse the so-called curse and and Mm -hmm. why it is called that or that area around there is is supposed to be cursed uh i'd like to get your your thoughts from each one of you on that okay who do you want to begin with you you can start off Well, I mean, it was a a war between tribes, you know, and that happened very often in history as tribes didn't get along. They didn't coexist. So there would be a curse placed on the land. And not necessarily was this a way of, you know, creating these monsters. It was a way of opening doors sometimes to keep that land sacred. You know, it was never about money when there was, you know, tribes warring. It was about money. It wasn't about belongings. It was because that land was sacred to one tribe and another tribe would come along and desecrate it. So it was about opening doors, and sometimes it would open doors to things that we don't know, that we don't understand. So I think that's where Skinwalker Ranch came in, is they opened some paranormal doors, what we would consider paranormal. And this is why all these experiences keep happening on Skinwalker Ranch. You want to expound on that, William? Yeah, um, 
first off you got to understand too though and everybody listening has got to understand that the uh that uh makal wakan sacred mother earth has mm-hmm. a, a, a strength and a medicine a spiritual medicine like no other okay um whenever you talk curses or hexes and all that and you and you involved you involve mother earth in the in that you're not only getting the the, the spiritual power from the, the person doing the the hexing or the cursing you're getting the spiritual power from the environment too from mother earth mm-hmm. so you have those two combined which you know native people fear okay um because out of respect you know it's, it wasn't a fear of you know a fear like running away and hiding it was a, a respectable fear to where we didn't tread on that subject too much and if we did we treaded very lightly okay out of respect um we have a a saying that everything is connected in the web of life you know we're all connected you know the the pine tree uh the pole pine tree and and another pine tree that have been known to uh recently to have the same genetic code that humans have Mm -hmm. if they didn't have that then why would why wouldn't we be connected you know what i'm saying Right. Everything has medicine. Everything has power. And back in the old days, you know, of my great grandfathers, you know, my Tunkashila, um, they walked with reverence for everything. They didn't put a foot down unless they made sure that that foot was supposed to be there. Okay. They didn't put their, their teepee up in a certain location unless they blessed the ground and called the grass dancers in to, to do the ceremony. You know, they they did so many things out of respect for the water, to, for the wind, for the animals, you know, to, to honor their spirits, to not offend them in any way, for fear out of respect for those things that they wouldn't get retaliated against. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when you talk about the Ute and the, uh, the Diné um, wars and all that, you know that 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 land was sacred. I picture it this way, okay? Uh, with with my Lakota blood, okay? My people in South Dakota. You know, the most sacred land to us was the Pahasapa, the Black Hills. Okay, mm-hmm. that was where we did our ceremony, where we where we buried our people, where we just did we we connected with with Tunkashila, you know, Wankantanka. You know, the great spirit, you know, we did everything there. That was a very, the most sacred land available that we had at the time to my people. And it was taken from us because of what? Because of greed, gold. The white man came Mm -hmm. and found gold, found gold. And then that's when President Jackson, or no, President Grant, excuse me, Jackson, um, President Grant actually Jackson's got enough baggage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jackson's got enough. So, but uh, President Grant, um, that shows you I don't really like following the the culture too much. <laughs> um, <laughs> but President Grant actually was the one that put a three hundred dollar bounty on the heads of of my people to uh, get us out of the Black Hills so they could take it over. And then in what, 1920, they, they brought the, uh, the, uh, 
the one uh, architect in that was what a member of the KKK that uh, did their ceremony and started putting the four Indian hating presidents on, on the side of the mountain. Mm-hmm. So, and at the same time, uh, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. He signed the death warrants of over 330 Native people at the same exact time within that same pen stroke. So, um, you know, and, and the same with George Washington. I mean, he he put Native people against Native people in the, in the Revolutionary War. You know, mm-hmm. innocent Native people that were just there because they were promised something, you know. And then go 250 years in the future, which today and you wonder why there's so much talk of skin wash being seen or window problems or you know bigfoot or you know mothman or you know any any cryptid or even how about spirit activity you know so it's together it all ties together you know whether it's a skinwalker and all that, um, you know, my people, we call them the, the Wenaji Shukmanitu, which is basically coyote spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a respect, you know, when you do the ceremonies. And like I said in the beginning, you know, I've, I've done both, both. I've done dark and I've done the white. So, you know, I've done some things I'm not proud of in the dark ceremonies. Um Sometimes I probably would never be, uh, I don't even want to say forgiven for, but you know what I mean? Um, I regret it. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, so, but that being said, shapeshifting does happen. Um, but like Ryan said to begin with, the difference between shapeshifting and spirit possession okay and a lot of people that don't know the native cultures and stuff around you know the united states and canada and even south america can't distinguish the difference between the both and that's why there's they're saying everything's a everything's a, sh- a skinwalker you know they, they see a dog man that's the skinwalker they see mm-hmm. you know a, a chunk of work gone that's a skinwalker they see a Bigfoot, that's a skinwalker. A Gugway, that's a skinwalker. You know, <laughs> not everything is a skinwalker. Okay, skinwalkers, you know, are gonna be derived from black magic. Okay, mm. and we'll just—I'll leave it at that. Shane, if you want to take it from there, brother, go right ahead. Oh, well, the one thing with the whole shape shifting and people seeing the, these wolfmen, you know, that I believe size is also a different factor to it. The the skinwalkers that these people are seeing are reported to only be, you know, six to six and a half feet tall. But when your typical bipedal canine, which is the dog man, anywhere from seven to eight feet. So I, you think that the size, I, I keep getting that the smaller they are, unless they're juvenile dog man, maybe, but I think there's more to it. I have a buddy out here in California that tracked one for 10 days up in Northern California and it was a wolf man, but it was, he he it's a skinwalker he'll even tell you that he's got tracks he's got all the stuff and he's not saying it's a dog man he says it's more wolf looking and he's mm. caught pictures of it on his trail cam and 
I mean, the casts don't look anything like what a dogman print would look like. It has the heel and it has, look, it was digging into the ground. So, but back to the Skinwalker Ranch thing, I do believe there is paranormal activity. I don't believe you're going to see the Yi Nautilushi there or, you know, the Navajo Skinwalker. No. There is paranormal activity. When, what was it, Terry and Gwen Sherman bought it in the mid-90s? They, mm-hmm. Their cows were getting mutilated and stuffed into trailers. You know, four to five cows in a small two-horse trailer. How How's that happening? There's something paranormal about it. And then when they sold off the land... And then was that Brandon Fugel bought it in 20, was it 2015 or 2016? Mm-hmm. I just, I think now it just became a research lab that all these extraterrestrial sightings and wolves jumping in through portals. And I'm not saying that they're dogmen because they're, they're all on all fours, but they're just large wolf-like creatures. And mm-hmm. that, I mean, there's something to it. I, I do believe the land is cursed, but I don't believe you're, you're seeing skinwalkers every single time. There might be different things no. that I do believe that their UAPs do have a, there aren't little green men coming in, you know, and dropping these things off. I do believe these things are all somewhat paranormal or interdimensional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The chunk, so. the chunk of Warricon too is, uh, is from uh, the area of Skinwalker Ranch too. Is so, it? I mean, not like, like everything that's, that Shane just said, you know, not everything can be labeled a skinwalker, you know? Right, right. So, I mean, you got, there's, there's other mysteries to be solved out there, people. You know, <laughs> there's a lot that Native people haven't, haven't divulged to, to you all. I mean, you, you know, it's, and you're coming up on a generational curse. And I'll, I'm, I'm, I'll explain that too a little later if you want. Okay. You know, um, there's, just, there's yeah, we were talk, certain... talking about Skinwalker Ranch. You know, I, I don't think Skinwalker Ranch is is really much different than a lot of hot spots throughout the world. I mean, in particular here in North America, because there are areas where you get a lot of different stuff going on. I mean, you know, you'll get into a case and as researchers, you all know this, you'll get into a case where it, it's one phenomena. And then as you start getting into the case and getting into it, start talking to the witnesses, there's other stuff involved with it. Uh, there, there always seems to be something else involved with the actual case. Uh, recently, we had a an upright canine case that involved uh, spirit activity. Uh, many times we'll get Bigfoot cases here in Pennsylvania that involve UFOs and other other phenomena. I, you know, I, I don't think maybe that, that Skinwalker Ranch in particular is just eating shorts. It's it's the most famous. I mean, it has been written about and, and stuff. But I think there are other areas just as well that have a lot of activity that are just unexplained. And there's some ties there. I'd agree with that. Okay. Um, oh, curses. Now, Vince had asked earlier, what... um. Do you think these curses last forever or can they actually be lifted? You know, you talked about all the atrocities that the, the American government and military uh, put upon the native people. And we all know about that. We, we know about that. And uh, do you think any of that can ever be lifted? Is it is it now that it's just starting to come forward and showing itself? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Go ahead, William. Uh, who are you asking? Go ahead, William. <laughs> oh, me? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, th- th- you have your, your your typical curses that can be lifted by any any uh, Wachashua Khan. 
a holy man, a man. Um, if it's done right and out of respect, um, and and the uh, the spirit of the ancestors actually accept it, so accept their gift and their their you know their uh, give their approval of, of diminishing the curse. Um, but there's also what we call generational curses. Um, generational curses are like uh, oh, like the curse that was put on the Pahasa um, or uh, the against the white man. Um, Back in the day, um, my father and his father told me that uh, the curse that they put on would last 10 generations. That's a generational curse. Okay. Um, that's the difference. Um, that there's going to be 10 generations of those people that were directly involved with taking our, our sacred land from us and, and doing what they did to it. Um, and those 10 generations would suffer the consequences, whether it be, you know, whether it be poor health, whether it be uh, poor finances or, you know what I mean? It could be really anything. It could be really anything. Um, but there are things to, I mean, everything's based on faith. Okay. Um, I have faith in what I used to be able to do and, and still do. Um, but I also have faith in, in, in the creator. He's not going to like, you know, have anything done to his people and his children that he wouldn't approve of as a test for us. So I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know, it depends. Um, curses can be lifted, um, but you also got to figure the faith of the person involved, too, in that curse has got to play a role in it, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're strong faith in, in your, whether whether it's Catholicism, whether it's Buddhism, Hinduism, you know, Christianity, whatever your faith is, if you stand strong in your faith, you can defeat anything. You know? True. Oh, I believe that. That's that's very true. That's, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, that's just the, that that's the whole that's the whole premise of faith, and I mean, you know. If they wouldn't have removed all the Old Testaments and stuff out of the Bible, you know, like the book of, of uh, Jubilee and the book of uh, Thomas and Mary Magdalene and all that, you know, which I have studied, too. Um, you know, they'd realize that there's a lot more to Christianity than uh, what's in the current King James Version. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> well, you're right. There, you know, there there was a lot removed. I mean, um, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, anyway, um, now each one of you guys, uh, I think some of you have had some encounters. Why don't you tell mm -hmm. us a bit about them, uh, Ryan? How you mentioned that you had an encounter in the description. What um, can you tell us about it? Yeah, actually, I've had two encounters. I had one with a uh, Type Two. That's the hyena variant <laughs> of the dog man. And I've actually seen what I think is a it might be a Duende or something along those lines. But with the dog man, I was actually watching my friend's house where I live and uh, he was gone on vacation, you know. And so I was doing check ins in the morning, afternoon, night. And I happened to go about midnight one night and I, I heard some kind of weird noises down by the tree line where the riverbed would be. And at first I thought maybe it was vagrants because we get a lot of vagrants that travel along the riverbeds. So me being the smaller guy that I am, in order to drive anybody off, I kind of puffed up a little bit. And I was yelling, hey. And at first there was nothing. Like everything just kind of went silent for a moment. But then mm -hmm. the noises started up again. So again, you know, me trying to puff up and be that little puffer fish. I'm all, hey. 
And this time I was answered back with this really, really deep growl. And, you know, since that didn't register on me at first, I was thinking, oh, is this a mountain lion or is this a bear? You know, because it's not something you hear commonly in a small town in Arizona. So as I'm just standing there looking around to see if I can see anything, I do see something in silhouette. And it growls at me again. And this time I can feel the growl just resonating in my chest. I mean, my my ribs are shaking from this. My lungs are pounding from the vibration going on. And so I'm just, I'm rooted in place. I'm I'm frozen in fear. I don't know what it is I'm hearing. And just as this thing gets closer, the security lights on the back of my friend's house click on. And as the lights came on, I saw the amber eyes like you're seeing in the picture on the screen right now. And I could see the facial features and I could see the kind of arched back and the fur. And I was looking at a bipedal hyena. I'm looking at this hyena-like thing. And I'm going, okay, wait a minute. There's a hyena in Arizona now? Why is there a hyena in my <laughs> friend's backyard? You know, so there was some degree of common sense that was still sticking to me because I'm going, well, there's no hyenas in Arizona. We don't live near a zoo. What is going on here? And this thing just like kind of stands there staring at me for a moment and it bluff charges me. And right there, I mean, I probably should have ran when it bluff charged, but I was just so afraid that I just couldn't move, man. And it was probably a good thing because it stopped bluff charging and it just kind of started staring at me. Like I'd see its head tilting one side to the other. Its ears are going up and down. And I'm staring at it. It's staring at me. So, you know, finally, I'm getting some wits about me. I'm going, okay, don't look this thing in the eye. It's bigger than you. It's 15 feet away. It's obviously faster and stronger than you. So if it wants to eat you, it's going to do it. So don't provoke it. (laughs) So I'm not looking this thing in the eye. I'm trying to stare away, stare away. And I guess maybe it just got bored with me. It started to slowly back away. And as it started to back away, I could hear it snapping twigs and, you know, stepping on rocks and kicking the ground. The minute it was far enough away, I just, I bolted inside my friend's house, man. I'm locking every single door there is. I'm slamming the window shut and locking them. I'm looking for his knives or any kind of protection I could have. And I called him up on the phone going, hey, yo, man, you get back home, check in your backyard. There's a bipedal hyena in your backyard. (laughs) My friend's laughing at me going, Ryan, there's no hyenas in Arizona. I'm like, "Mm, yep, right. Well, I just saw one. So explain that. (laughs) So what happened is when he got home, we went back in the day. I, I didn't want to go. I'm just, you know, I'm keeping my distance going. Yeah, I'm not going back there. You let me know if you see anything. He did find scuff marks from where this thing had been standing. So that right there really pushed me into researching into the hyena type cryptids, the hyena dogmen, more so than the ones that I hear more about. And so I have been looking in my area in the riverbeds because I like to believe they follow the creeks. That if there's a riverbed, they will follow the riverbed for food, for shelter, for all the good stuff that they need. So that's where I've been looking into those types of cryptids. And for the Duende, I think the little person that I saw was actually not too far away from where I had the Dogman encounter. It was where I do my research in the riverbeds. And that was not as traumatic as the Dogman story. I mean, I was walking with my dog, Duke, who I take on all my investigations. And I'm hearing this trilling-like noise. If you picture the sound that the Predator makes, only much high, more, more high-pitched. It's you know very, very loud. And I'm looking around going, you know, what is making that noise? And I couldn't find anything. And it kept making this noise. I kept hearing the whistling over and over and over again. And at first, I didn't know what it was. And as I rounded this bend in the river, right there at the bottom of this hill is this little person staring at me. And I mean little. He was like maybe about this big. (laughs) You know, so when I say little, I don't mean three feet, four feet. I mean very, very little. And he's wearing little, like it looks like squirrel fur for his cover, for his clothing. He's even got a tiny little loincloth on. 
and he's got a long stick that he's using as a weapon. He just kind of looks at me like, oh, it's just you. And he runs up the hill and he disappears. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, this whole hyena thing, we've got him here in Pennsylvania. Um, mm-hmm. And I, we've had several sightings. They're, they're, yeah. mostly, they're mostly quadrupeds. Uh, there have been occasions when they do stand up as bipedal, but they, mm-hmm. we have seen them. And the, the characteristics that we get are to describe to us is the head is almost like a wolf's, but the back is sloping like a hyena. Yeah, it's, it's got the hyena markings. Short. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very short tail like that, like you're seeing right now. And yep. uh, it's, it's, and they're, they're very menacing. I, we had one case in around Tuscarora National Forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, where this deer hunter was up on his tree stand, and this thing he saw it coming in the field, and he was in on the edge of the woods, mm-hmm. and this thing literally walked up to him, sat down on his haunches, and was looking up at him, and just watching for like fifteen minutes. And he said this thing was huge. He said I had a thirty odd six. I was not taking a shot at this thing. He said this thing looked so muscular. I'm sure it could run up the tree after me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, it was just, you know, he said it was muscular. It, it looked like a hyena, but it had the wolf head. It was menacing looking, but mm-hmm. it eventually just got up, walked away. He said he stayed up in that tree stand for two hours, not knowing if this thing was still r- walking around. I don't uh, blame him. We get to, <laughs> yeah. we get these, these, uh, hyena like, uh, uh, canine cryptids a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I ran into a guy that's a paranormal investigator down where I do my research. Mm-hmm. And what I found really interesting was this guy did not know who I was. You know, I hadn't spoken to him, and so I, there was no chance for introduction. I was going down this tunnel, and he told me to be really careful when you reach the end of this tunnel because he saw what he described as two hyenas on their two legs with a baby. There was a pup there. So him not knowing who I was and not knowing that I had seen a hyena type cryptid that really caught my interest. Cause it's like somebody else has seen this. Then. This guy saw three of them, not just one of them. He saw a family here where I'm doing research. So that really mm-hmm. got me like, Oh yes. You know, I was very excited about that. Wow. Well, I want to thank Karen for her donation. Very much appreciated. So William, do you have uh, do you have an encounter you want to talk about? <laughs> Which maybe not. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, this could be a long conversation. Um I've had I've had uh, pretty much uh, every encounter you can think of uh, growing up where I grew up. Um I had my first uh, actual uh Bigfoot encounter um when I was twelve years old riding dirks and uh we were riding around in this in this big open field and the whole size of the field was all lined to trees and and hills and mountains and all that and uh basically went around a couple times and something told me just to stop and get off the dirt bike so i got off the dirt bike turned the fuel off and i looked down uh, towards the head where we came in at and uh there was about a nine foot tall bigfoot standing there with its arms up in a tree reaching up in a branch and uh, I couldn't really make out if there was a, a little one with it or not. I, I'm kind of thinking there was, 
um, and the way it was positioned, it was sideways to me. And in fact, hold on a second here. I'll get you some, some graphics. <clears throat> For the proper show and to actually show something. But this is what's sideways. Okay. I couldn't tell if it was a female or a male. All right. Mm -hmm. But it was every bit of about nine feet tall. Okay. Maybe eight and a half. The same, same shape of the head and the shoulders and everything. All the way down to the ankles, man, is what I saw. Okay. And it was reaching up in the tree. All of us saw it. And, you know, being that young, we just kind of just stood there in awe. And we kind of looked at each other. And then by the time we looked back up, it was gone. It wasn't there. So, and I mean, it must have been no more than about two or three seconds and it was gone. We went oh. back through the trailhead entrance with our motorcycles and we stood on the seats of our dirt bikes trying to reach the branch that it had reached up in the tree at. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't even touch it standing on our dirt bikes. It had to have been at least, that branch had to have been at least 13, maybe 14 feet in the, in the tree. So the second time was about a week later. And uh, we were riding dirt bikes again, different spot though. Um, and it was coming around the woods and all that. And I was, I was taking my turn on my dirt bike, you know. And uh, next thing I know, this branch was thrown out in front of the, the wheel of my bike. And I flipped over the bike. And uh, the bike landed on me. And uh, I looked up, and here's this humongous, about the only way I could describe it was in being a, a kid at the time, you know, you, you picture the Hulk, and you put rabbit fur on him, you know, like, like black and gray rabbit fur on him. And that's what I saw, you know. Um, and it looked like this. When it was walking from me, that's terrifying. <laughs> it turned and it looked at me. It, it, it turned and looked and said, "You know what? I know you're not going to get off the ground and come after me because I'm I'm bigger mm -hmm. than you are." So, but yeah, it's and it kind of smirked when it went away too. It was like, you know, I got you. But I looked off to the to the right where it was walking, and there was another one further down. I could make it out behind a tree. And there was a deer there. So I don't know if interrupted him hunting. And that's why. It's... So I've always, always, you know, tried to figure that one out. But yeah, I've had, I've had several encounters. You know, um, I've had encounters with uh, dog men. I've had encounters with, uh, well, skinwalker. <laughs> um, and that's only because of the, you know, what my parent was doing at the time. So I, I got the see that firsthand um something a child should not see let me put it to you that way um mm -hmm. but yeah there's a couple dogmen that, that my wife and i uh, had a run in with one time walking her little uh, must have been about 11 o'clock at night and uh there was uh, they were at first we just heard the growls you know the very distinctive canine growl um, that basically shook your insides, 
and, mm -hmm. and woke you up. It really did. Um, that, that put us that put us on our guard. And uh, I always, you know, I walk around out around here because we're out in the middle of nowhere, basically. I always carry a sidearm with me wherever I go um, because of, you know, the wildlife around here. I and mean, we just saw a mountain lion not more than a week ago. So, um, you know, they we have them here because we have mountains. So, but, uh, yeah, make a long Yeah, they're back here in the east. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, ever since yeah. they introduced the wolf and the elk to uh, back into the Appalachian Mountains, you know, mm -hmm. they've definitely come with it. So, but, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we, we, we've seen our share of weird stuff here in Virginia, too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen everything, Mon. I just... You, It'd be too long of a program if I, I talked about just what I saw. So, well, I appreciate what you told us, <laughs> Shane. Have you ever had an encounter? Well, well, I've only been researching for the last seven months personally with my wife, and at first she thought thinks the whole thing's crazy. But I'm like, hey, there's something I'm really curious about, you know. And I'm more into the dogman than any other cryptid. And she was like, hey, I'll tag along with you. So we're in this together, and never had an encounter, but we had i believe sightings or like structures we the area i go to is east of fresno and here in california and it's up in the mountains and it's really known for sasquatch and in the last four to five years there's been two to three i believe possibly four sightings of dogmen so i go up there and that's where i drive about two hours when we get there and that's i'm actually seeking an encounter you know as the crazy say don't do that you don't you but I, I want to see it with my own two eyes. I believe Ryan's encounters. I believe Williams. Everyone that says they've had an encounter, I believe them. I, I kind of just want to get those facts for my own self. You know, I have more questions than I need that I want answered. And the area I go to, we recently came across tree structures and dens. And I've sent those to a good friend of mine, uh, D.A. Roberts. And he said that looks more like dogmen den because I guess the Sasquatch dens are more woven. And these were just like tree branches that were just thrown together. And then mm -hmm. I got a print of what looks like a canine. Uh, I know it's not wolves because we don't have wolves in California. Northern California, they're reintroducing them slowly. But the last wolf that was eradicated was in 1924. And this area alone, there's no wolves. There might be coyotes. But the print that I do have, it looks a lot bigger than a coyote. And mm -hmm. that's – I think, you know, in the seven months – We've been in the woods up near Springville, California, and it was snow all on the ground. When the wife and I were hiking in, we were we hiked about a mile and a half in, but the woods was totally silent. And I've been told since day one that when you hear no birds chirping, crickets, nothing, that's a sign of an apex predator or something's in the woods. So to me, that's also Sasquatch territory. Maybe we were being observed. Uh, I don't. I've never had a physical encounter or a sighting. But the tree structures and the prints, I'm, I think I'm almost there to get that. And then once I do get that encounter, it's going to answer all my, you know, the, even a sighting with just, you know, seeing it run up beside the hill or across the freeway. That's what I'm hoping to see. And then once I do, I'm out of the cryptic community. I'm, I think you answered what I do. I'm, I'll still be friends with William and Yulon and William and Ryan and Vincent, <laughs> everybody. But I'm going to, I have a passion right now for cryptids, uh. especially dogmen. So, That's what he says now. But watch when he sees one, he's gonna get sucked right in. 
My yeah, wife exactly, says the same exactly. thing. She's like, you really going to give up all your West Coast and all your friends? And I was like, no. well, I, I made her a promise, you know? Yeah. And that's something I try to keep. And I've said I'll still listen to the podcast and still talk to people. No, it's but, not going to happen that way, bro. You're going to see yeah. one of you and get pulled no. right back. Yeah. She yeah. Says you know, I, like, I, I, you know, I had my her. encounters, but you know, when I had my first one, I got sucked in exactly. And you know, mm-hmm. all I was doing, I was doing, uh, you know, mm-hmm. paranormal sightings and spiritual and uh, spirit rescue. I'm an intuitive. I was doing work with people and individuals and such. But, yeah, when I had that encounter with the Bigfoot in 81, that was, that's where it all started at. And it was just like, it just kept, you know, Did it you kept going and going, in? you know. But, you know, right now, we're working right now because it's been busy this year. We've got four active mm-hmm. cryptic canine encounters here in pennsylvania right now well that, they do that say, my team's uh, the, working on yeah yeah the nadp says that pennsylvania and arkansas are the two hot spots right now you know with all well, the it probably activity. is it, this is probably the the most active summer that we've had oh I, I guess since 2013 when butch and i started really looking into it uh but yeah they've been they've been real and, and some of them are really weird too uh, yeah, it's not your typical sighting. I, I think um, I think uh, Vincent can probably put some pictures up of some of the ones that have that have been described to us. But uh, yeah, it's bizarre. So let me ask you about portals. Now, first of all, what is the Native American Native peoples' thoughts on portals? Do they exist? Or is it part of the culture, or what? What is it? How How about it, William? Can you answer that for me? Well, we don't. We didn't know what to call them back in the day, right? Because you could travel from one realm to another, so we didn't know that there were portals or whatnot. But uh, you know, um, yeah, I mean, with any indigenous culture, you're going to find legends of, of where. People are one minute walking there, and then the next they're gone. So mm-hmm. um, we have it nowadays more more frequently than ever, especially especially in the national forests, which exactly. is a completely different animal altogether. All um, you look at all look at all the four one one missing uh, cases that are out there, um, you know, and then the ones that don't turn up missing that are actually found six to to ten miles further away that had no idea that they could even get to that location in the short mm-hmm. period of time that they were found in there. So yeah. um, there was one uh, case that I can recall up in, uh, in um, uh, where was it? Um, Yosemite, where a, a, a little boy was lost, a little four-year-old kid. And uh, what, they found him, you know, a day later um, up in like a high mountain, 6,000 feet up in a mountain area, you know, where he would have never been able to get to. You know, so, I mean, either he walked into a portal and ended up there or a cryptid took him there. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. But. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're open mind, if you're a cryptozoologist or you're looking into the phenomena and you're open minded, mm-hmm. you, you almost got to agree that there's something just unexplained about what's going on, how people just disappear or people end up in other places. 
uh, glitches, time slips. You, you, you hear or read about it all the time. I've never experienced it, but I have talked to some pretty reliable people that have. And, um, I mean, this all comes back to what people believe that cryptids really are. Are they interdimensional beings? Are they ultra-terrestrials? Do they come from another reality or dimension? Uh, hey, I believe, I believe there are indigenous cryptids. I'm, you know, don't get me wrong. Yeah, definitely. But I believe th- also in some areas that they do have the ability to just show up. Uh, mm-hmm. By whatever mechanism or whatever they do. I mean, could this be related somehow to uh, the native lore? I mean, I'm, I'm asking well, anyone to come forward on this. Well, I mean, there's nothing saying that flesh and blood can't walk in both worlds. Well, that's true um, too. And I'm, I'm not, I'm saying, uh, and I am agreeing that I think a lot of these these are flesh and blood beings, even though they do move beyond worlds. I, 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 I believe that entirely. Right. Now, um, whether you talk, uh, whether, you know, certain cryptids were genetically enhanced by uh, military industrial complex, or whether you talk about uh, um, aliens um, that are, you know, well, take for instance, the cattle mutilations, mm-hmm. perfect example, you know, perfect. Oh, uh, taking something and trying to mutate it into something to either continue your species or develop a whole nother species. That's the only reason they're going to do genetic testing. So, um, but yeah, I mean, they, you could, you could call chalk some of it up to being alien to, you can, I've even heard uh, uh, stories of, um, forest people uh, walking in, you know, the forestry service people walking out in the middle of nowhere and, and stumbling upon uh, aliens and uh, 20 feet from an alien at where the, where the uh, alien was pumping something out of, out of the ground. Um, there was a, a 20 feet away, 30 feet away. There was a nine foot tall Bigfoot standing right. guard. Right. So, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it, it's anybody's guess, you know, and anybody that says that they're an expert, I'm sorry. I don't mean to burst their bubbles. Nobody, <laughs> nobody is an expert. Nobody's okay? an expert. Someone says they story. are. It's like sorry. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I, there's, you know, I hate, I hate going on the show and somebody said, yeah, he's an expert. No, there are no experts in this field. I mean, any, any, as far as the paranormal, you're on all levels. You know, you're, you're not an expert. It, yeah. That's just mm-hmm. the way it is. Right. Uh, you know, yep. if you had the, if you had the um, explanation for everything that's going on, yeah, then maybe you are an expert. But you, you, you know, I don't know of anybody that knows everything. So no, I think if you're I mean, a you researcher take, take, or a cryptozoologist, I mean, one thing that we learn as researchers is we just don't know. You know, that's exactly. the one thing we can tell people is we just don't yeah. know. We know that we don't know. That's about it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is it. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, um, and 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 theories theories change every day too, though. I mean, with with certain sure. things that come up, you know, for new information that comes available, you know, and and theories and speculation and all that change over time. So, you know, all I'm putting into my into it is is my ex- personal experiences and my native background in dealing with the subject. So, you know, I'm I'm by far as no means an expert in any way, shape or form. 
I'm just an old Native American man trying to, you know, survive. <laughs> so, um, you know, Shane, Shane's more of an expert than I am. I mean, you know, no. he's, he's the one that actually gets in there and, and, and does and does the expert, uh, you know, uh, basically the groundwork. I mean, and, and Ryan, they're the ones that get in there and do the research and all that on, on, oh, on the, the, the legends and the history and all that. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm the one. I, I'm the one. I'm I'm the one that that was out there, you know, you know, in my youth and 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 my you know young adult time that I spent absorbent amount of time out in the wilderness in the middle of nowhere, and that's how I learned all you know growing up being Native American. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, yes, I have my encounters still today, um, but uh, you know, the last encounter I had was back in uh, probably. Uh, uh, probably about a, a year ago, I'd say about a year ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're all learning and, and nobody's a professional or, or, or a, uh, an expert in any way, shape or form. But no. if we all need to definitely come together and, and talk about this and get it out there in the open and, and, and work on some kind of rationale and, and theory on what's going on. So whether it's ufos whether it's you know mysterious mysteries of people missing and vanishing i mean there's so much going on out there that you know people need to talk they need to get together and just just clang their brains together you know and, and carry on conversations because that's the only way you're going to find out the facts so yeah agree well, that's why i like doing these roundtables. i mean it's um I'm, I'm talking to people who I, for the most part, I've never talked to you before. I, we get all kinds of different perspectives on a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been doing this 45 years. I learn every day, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. That's what you should yeah. do, too. It should be learn as you go. Yeah. And learn something new every day. You know, never close yourself off to somebody yeah. else's opinion or ideas. Absorb it all like a sponge, you know, like Shane does. You know, he's so open to learning folklore and science, and yeah, you know, he's just so willing yeah. to work with everybody. That's how everybody's got to be. You know, I mean, we can't exactly. just deny folklore for science. We can't deny science for folklore. We got to blend them all together and really work together on those. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, Andrew asked something about public ridicule, and you know, sure, there's a lot of public ridicule, uh, of course, but I don't think people ridicule as much as they used to. Mm -mm. I agree. Uh, and I think it has to do with the internet, TV shows, and all kinds of things. Not that I necessarily believe in the TV shows and some of what they're putting <laughs> out there, because uh, you know it's a lot of yeah. production. It's value become now. popular. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And they ridicule, uh, they ridicule me. I'll send something to pay them a visit. <laughs> I said they they ridicule me. Yeah, <laughs> send them a skin. Yeah, I've been there. There you go. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um yeah. yeah you know uh vincent asked something about what your thoughts are is there is there an indigenous connection to um deer women and the uh the not deer phenomena um Ooh. you know this is something that i've been getting more of the last couple of years uh, especially mm -hmm. the not deer mm -hmm. where people see something that looks like a deer but it's got a lot of humanoid yeah, it qualities is, right. to it uh, it's got the front setting eyes 
a lot of times the limbs are somewhat different. Look, some has some muscular, you know, human and mus human muscular uh, aspects to it. What are your mm -hmm. thoughts on that? Are these just shapeshifters, or are these natural beings, or or what? What mm -hmm. are they? Well, if you want my take on it, I mean, take it, Ryan. Nut <laughs> deer is something I have a hard time wrapping my mind around. And okay. I, I do have to wonder if maybe people are seeing deer that have the wasting deer disease or the zombie deer disease. Well, that's you know, always my question. Yeah. 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 I mean, is it possible that this disease is just mutating these guys so much? Absolutely. Now, as far as the deer woman goes, I mean, I don't think people really realize how bad the deer woman can be. You know, it's a very, very, very strong spiritual belief that she's always seen for a purpose. And if there are people seeing this dear woman, there has to be some kind of logic and reason behind it. She doesn't just appear to appear to people and tease them with, hey, here I am, and then go away. As William will tell you, she too has a purpose. In the indigenous people's lore, everything has a rhyme and reason, okay? It's not like our urban legends. And I think people need to really start differentiating the two, that indigenous people folklore is not the same as you know urban legends at all everything in the lore has a rhyme a exactly. reason a purpose. you know so they don't just show up just to scare you and go away and i'll present this to william so he can tell you more about the deer woman i think he needs to be one to tell you so go ahead will well all right the deer woman um in in most native cultures uh the deer represents basically the, the medicine of love um, and basically a gentle spirit. Um, you're not going to find too many cultures out there that make it the, uh, the cryptid creature that rips off human beings and, and sucks their blood. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. um, it's, it's more of a, as with any type of visual sighting, you're going to find that a lot of these so-called cryptids are, are warning signs of, of something more to come. Um, and even some of them are come from like Irish culture too. Um, mm -hmm. The Highland cultures of Scotland and Ireland uh, have cryptids of, of, of deer and all that too. And uh, like the Banshee and all that, um, where it's strictly just for warnings, you know, to, uh, to tell of a certain someone's possible demise of a of, of, uh, uh, premature death or or to warn you of something um yep. it's even with my people you know the lakota side of my bloodline you know we feel that when we hear an owl or when we see an owl you know that's, that's a sign that somebody's going to die that we know um and more than likely you know every time i've now that actually has come to be true so um, just like when people see hawks and eagles, you know, that's a messenger. That's a sign saying that somebody from in your ancestry is trying to communicate with you um, through that spirit of that animal. Because um, the hawk and the, and the eagle are messengers. Um, the crow able to, the, to, and the owl are the two uh, birds of that are allowed to, to go between both worlds, you know. So you see those, you know, and, and the turkey vulture. Um, you pretty much know that that's more going to be a less a heavy sign of something. Um, your woman, it's the same thing, you know, it's just a warning is all it is. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, 
I think a lot has to do too with um, not pareidolia, but uh, I think it has to do with just heightened senses um, and, and here again, we go back to that because it always tries to grasp the closest thing it can rationalize what you're seeing with your eyes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, like when people see Bigfoot, the only thing they have to compare it to is a silverback gorilla, you know, or, you know, with the dog man, you know, that the only thing they, they have to compare it is, is the werewolves of Hollywood, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, you know, it's that kind of a, of a, of a thing that, that, that goes on too. So, um, I half think that, uh, a lot of the, uh, the so-called descriptions of, of Wendigo, with the deer antlers and all that might be misconstrued as, you know, a, a deer being coming to show a different thing, you know, to somebody, you know, and they misinterpreted it as an evil entity that was going to, you know, rip their soul out. So it's just, it, it depends, you know, I mean, have different entities that are going to come through different ways to people. So right. and deer woman's no different than any other. So, right. Well, you know, like any witness that you get or anybody that comes forward on something, it, it always has to do with perception. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> what they think they've seen or what they describe may be entirely different than what somebody else sees. Um, you know, I have, I have learned that over time. Um, but, you know, uh, I don't know what that really has to do with it, but it just, I just thought about that anyway. Um, you know, I had a, um, you, you were, you were talking about, um, certain animals and, and birds and such. I had encounters with owls for about a year. Uh, and, and many people on the channel have heard this, but I'm going to tell it again. I, um, my wife was, had cancer and you know, she was sick for a year and I kept seeing all these owls. I kept, seeing depictions of owls people talking about owls and uh i was having well i was having encounters with tall grays as well you know but as it was explained to me by several people on two levels that maybe the owls were the representation of um of these ets or Maybe it was something more spiritual than that. Maybe it was, uh, maybe I was seeing it because it was trying to tell me that my wife was going to pass because she did eventually. Uh, and as soon as she passed, I stopped mm -hmm. seeing them. Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, anybody yeah. chime in? Well, I mean, I, I can understand and, 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 uh, I, I know what you uh, went through with your wife because uh, I'm, I uh, have gone through two battles with cancer so far. Um, that's why I'm not out in the field currently. Um, for um, but, uh, you know, I mean, even like you said, though, you know, as soon as as soon as she passed, you know, you quit seeing them. And I do believe that that is. What you were seeing was something that uh, somebody you knew and you cared about was going to pass, but also at the same time, everything was going to be okay because that person is not subject to the pain 
of being in a body that's that's riddled with a disease. So, um, you know, I've I've had my esophagus removed and my stomach made my new esophagus. So mm. trust me, I know what pain is. Um, I've I've gone through 30, 30 plus days of radiation treatments in a row to try and shrink the mass of my esophagus enough to even where they could operate. Um, I was given six months to live. Um, that was two years, two plus years ago, actually. Um, and since then, I've had several other, you know, encounters with cancer too. Of it, um, but uh, you know, I haven't heard the owl yet for me. Um, one thing I tell everybody that uh, that I talk to, um, unless you've dealt with cancer, you really don't know cancer. Unless somebody you love has been affected with cancer, you don't know about cancer. Right. It's it's such a it's such a, a, a debilitating disease and disease that uh, you know um, you almost have to wonder why the creator actually let it let it evolve the way it did. Um, but uh, yeah, there's 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 a lot to the owl thing. Um, if if people would actually pay, pay more attention to the signs around them. Um, mm -hmm. They say when you find a feather, you know, that it's an it's an angel that dropped a, a feather from their wing. You know, it's a way that an ancestor of yours is trying to communicate with you. Um, you know, people say when they see a certain type of a butterfly or a ladybug or something or a hummingbird. That's, an, you know, that's one of their is that they ask that them. So, you know, I'm mm -hmm. people start looking for signs okay mm -hmm. and i think as soon as they start looking and noticing them signs again they're going to start feeling more human again more connected to everything and uh I, I don't know i almost feel like that's one of the reasons i'm still here um it's not only just the cryptid thing and 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 the paranormal thing um but with everything that i've dealt with with my health um i'm here to teach teach the younger ones, you know, what to do, you know, and how mm -hmm. to do, how to handle things. Um, yeah, th that's why I actually, yeah, that's why I actually have that, that, that uh, symposium on, on Monday, the Monday um, on Facebook for everybody, um, the native dealing with Bigfoot, you know, and uh, you know, there's just, it's just, you know, there's a lot to it. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot to this world lawn, you know that that we as as human beings don't even have the capability of apprehending. Okay, we don't mm -hmm. have the ability to 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 use what little knowledge we have in our pea-sized brains to depict certain reasons for things happening. I mean, you, you think about the, the spectrum, the spectrum of light and the spectrum of hearing that we as human beings are, are, are able to see and hear is very, very, very small percentage of the whole spectrum. True. So, you know, it's like I told Ryan and, and Shane you know, before, you know, we talked, think about all the things we don't see and hear every day that goes on right next to us, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. So... Yeah. 
I mean, guys, I mean, I, I leave it up to you all to to make up your own minds, you know, on what happens in this world that we live in. It is strange. It is unusual. Usual. But at the same time, it's big. Mm -hmm. so, Let me ask you this. And this is you know, for I'll all leave of it you. up to everybody that's listening. This is for all of you. You don't want anybody can answer. Do you think the paranormal and thus those of us who get involved with the paranormal and, and delve into it and, and actually do work in the paranormal? Does that um is that a detriment to our health? It can be. I think it definitely can be. I mean, you hear about people that go to all these uh different sites and they encounter negative energy, and I think our bodies can absorb that negative energy. I think our cells can take in that negative energy. And I mm -hmm. think when that happens, that's what really makes us sick and it shortens our lifespans. Yeah, I think it takes a toll. I mean, I think it has on me, for for example. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I've been involved with some pretty bad, okay. you know, bad cases. And right. uh, I think it took a toll on me. I mean, I have had psychic attacks where I literally had some injuries because of it, some physical injuries. Uh, but overall, I mean, I, I think, I think myself that people can be affected by it. Yeah. 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 Man, I agree. You know, I, you know, I'm not too much into the paranormal. I don't, I'm still learning a lot about that, but with, when it comes to cryptids, people yeah. have even gotten sick for, through infrasound. They said that they started feeling like they were going to vomit. And I heard one lady had a heart attack and, you know, I, well, I that's, know that's the point of infrasound, though, Shane. Infrasound yeah. is actually a very, it's a very natural thing. Yeah. We have animals that we know of that use it, like tigers, orcas, mm -hmm. and they mm -hmm. use it to stun their prey. So if mm -hmm. cryptids mm -hmm. do definitely use that, then it's possible infrasound is the same thing for them. It's a means of hunting. So, yeah, I, like I said, I'm sorry I haven't really been jumping in too much on it. I'm still learning no, all, all right. about the paranormal, so I'm listening to you. I'm picking your guys' brains, so <laughs> I'm just kind of, like I say, I'm a sponge. I'm just learning it as much as everyone in the chat is, and mm -hmm. just like you, we're all learning based off theory, so. Well, you yeah. know, I think infrasounds and possibly some degrees of mind speak, or, I mean, that cryptos do use. Uh, mm -hmm. I have heard people that have mm -hmm. had encounters uh, with upright canine, Bigfoot, even even Mothman or winged humanoids that have been affected physically because of this. But the encounter, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, in, in Chicago, we've had people who have literally fallen through the ground because of this encounter. Uh, not from fear, from mm -hmm. just physically being weakened. Um, mm -hmm. So there's something to that. So, uh, yeah, maybe maybe there is something to it. Could be. Well, I mean, you know, you 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 think about the uh, the, the paranormal field as far as the EMFs and stuff. Uh, the EMF is is you know electromagnetic field is going to make you anybody that's susceptible to it feel nausea, um, dizzy, um, basically just just all around rough. Um, and you get this description with infrasound too. So, um, but like like uh, Ryan was saying though, the tagger, you know. That's how they basically run their their you know prey. They 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 use infrasound to basically strike so much fear in them that they can't they can't run they can't hide. So mm -hmm. that's that's the purpose of infrasound. Um, it's a it's a uh, predatorial uh, way of of dealing with prey. So mm -hmm. 
um our own military our own military uses it to tell you the truth if you recall back yep. uh in the well for those of us that 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 are old enough to know uh, back in the 80s they used uh sound devices to uh in waco texas they used uh sound devices down in um uh, oh god i want to say honduras with uh mm -hmm. one of the uh, dictators down that way that was there at the time um mm -hmm. you know where they blasted uh, certain decibel levels you know i mean sound has been used as as a device to to cripple maim hurt in in one shape or form in another with the military for for a long time now so but yeah and they've learned that from the animals so mm -hmm. yep yeah yeah i've had i've had people who were uh the witnesses who have had who have been armed uh, well, just particularly here in Pennsylvania in a state game land or something and walked up onto an, an upright canine, just walked up to it. These things stand the ground, but they're not attacking people. But this guy has a gun. He has, he has no interest in even raising that gun up, taking a shot at this thing because he, he, he tells me, I mean, they have told me and I've had this numerous times Well, it's like this thing's talking to me and it, it's telling me to just back away and everything will be okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, yep. yeah, I mean, it, it, you just see, I, I, you know, I don't know of anybody other than one person took a shot at one of these things. And, uh, and in that case, when they did, the thing just seemed to walk away from it. So, uh, so that's why I'm 50, 50 on the whole mind speak. I've talked to Ryan. I've talked to DA Roberts on it. Because uh, I have heard an encounter where a guy down in Louisiana saw something pop out of the tree line, took his scope up to it like he was out hunting, and the thing told him in his head, put the gun down or I will kill you. But yeah. thinking of that, I mean, I, I do keep an open mind to it. I do think like what DA said to me last week and Ryan, that it's more the primitive back of your head telling you, you know, put it down, yeah. get out of there. You know, that could be another, you know, it's just a theory, but I mean... Do these things Definitely. have the ability of mind speaking to you? I do think that, but I think it's more you're in the moment, like Ryan said. These things use infrasound, you're just frozen in the moment, and you know, it's you want to get out of there. But I mean, I don't know. That's the thing. I I ask so many people different things, and I kind of tally mark, you know, the different ones and what weigh out more that sound more credible. Like, do you think these things really interact with you? I mean, there's people that say they feed and they live and dance with the Bigfoot, you know, <laughs> I, do I believe those ones as much? Maybe not, but the hunters, I take their stories real serious. You know, when they see yeah. a Sasquatch or a dogman out there and they're on their turf. So, you know, when they have these encounters that, you know, but when they say they're mind spoken, it opened up a whole new degree of thought for me that I'm like, okay, maybe these things do, but mm -hmm. it's all open theory at the end of the day. True. Well, I had a I had a Dene, um elder tell me about it in one particular case. He was up in the Chuska Mountains in uh, in Arizona, mm -hmm. and something showed up, and he he really didn't understand what it was. But he said this thing was talking to him like crazy. I mean, it, he said I wasn't I mean conversing with it, but it was telling me in its head, just just back away, mm -hmm. and uh, you know. 
and this gentleman, I mean, he's been around a long time, but you know, he, he's told me a lot of that stuff, and um, I believe it. I, I absolutely believe yeah. it. Uh, I don't know, Lon. I mean, my dad used to be able to give me the look, and I'd know what he was thinking. So, well, in that case, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, <laughs> I used to get those looks too. I understand that. I still get no mind speaking. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I, you know, before we go here tonight, I, I want each each one of you to tell people how they get in contact with you, and uh, you know, you got anything to advertise. Feel free to do so, and uh, I'll start off with Ryan. Oh, okay. All right, great. Um, well, you can find me over on Facebook, Ryan Paul Trembley. That's my full name, so you can find me there. Over on Twitter, I'm Ryan Trembley 18 for some reason. I don't know why Twitter gave me that weird handle, but they did. <laughs> over on Instagram, I'm that Christian Ryan. You can find me over on Instagram there. I have a YouTube show that I do with my girlfriend, Ashley. We host Monster Radio. We drop the YouTube videos every Sunday. So if you want to drop by and talk to us underneath our videos, we'll get back to you and, you know, we'll converse a little bit. Very good. How about you, William? Well, you can get a hold of me, Hawkeye Strangeness, on YouTube and uh, Facebook. Um, you can uh, friend me at uh, William Nighthawk um, on Facebook. And uh, – I also have uh, Patreon and, and, and all that, too, with Nighthawk Eye Strangeness. Um, but, yeah, I have I have quite a bit going on. I have a, uh, like I said uh, earlier, a, a Bigfoot Symposium going on Monday on Facebook uh, for uh, Native Americans who, uh, you know, have dealt with the, the Bigfoot thing. And to tell people a certain aspect of it, dealing with the, the subject from a Native view and uh, what not to do and what to do. So, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. And you, Shane. Um, you can find me on Facebook at same name that's posted on the screen, Shane Michael Crisp, or you can find me at my Facebook group, West Coast Dogman Project. I've got six other pages all dedicated to cryptids under the West Coast name, whether it's Gugway, <laughs> Sasquatch, Skinwalker, Chupacabra, UFO. I've tried to do it all, you know, but. Mainly, I focused on the dogmen, so you can find me there. Or you get, I started doing interviews about two months ago. So if you've had a dogman encounter and want to talk about it, uh, reach out to me on YouTube at West Coast Dogman Project. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, guys, I want to thank each and one of you like for coming on tonight. And uh, we definitely <laughs> want to keep in touch. Uh, and I definitely want to have you all back on at some point to talk about some things. So, uh You've got an open invitation. So, again, thanks for coming on, and you all have thanks a good week. Yeah. Namaste, guys. You guys have a good one. Thank you. Yeah. Take it easy, everybody. Take care. Now, if you have an unexplained encounter in sighting or sighting, uh, feel free to contact me through the Famous and Monsters blog site. You know, I want to again thank my guests for joining me this evening. I, I thought it was a very good conversation. I learned a lot, to be honest with you. And thanks to each and all of you for watching and chatting. If you did make a super chat donation, it's truly appreciated. Uh, your support is what makes this possible. So please like, subscribe, and share, as well as comment. You know, we always look for comments uh, about our videos and our, our, uh, our interviews. So uh, please feel free to do so. Uh, again, if you have a sighting or encounter report you'd like to be considered for the personal report show, 
or personal fans of monsters, uh, feel free to forward to my email at lonstricklerfansofmonsters.com. Now, next Wednesday night, I will narrate several more personal reports. So make sure to join me for that. Uh, that'll be at 9 o'clock uh, p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock p.m. Cent- I mean, Pacific. Uh, in fact, I may be having a giveaway that night as well. So um, make sure to tune in. So, and next Friday night, I'm going to welcome professional clairvoyant medical intuitive and ET author Sue Walker. It should be quite an interesting show. So uh, make sure you join in for that. So until next week, uh, stay healthy and have a safe, enjoyable weekend. Good night.